Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Cornetto Trilogy Film. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, Hal, we're sitting here in this beautiful movie theater. We're about to watch three genre movies in a row, and there's an empty seat. We got to fix that. We can't watch these movies by ourselves. Well, let's put, wait, you haven't watched these movies yet? We're supposed to talk about them. Hmm? We're, you're, we're not here to watch them. We're, forget it. Mara Wilson is here. Mara, hello. Welcome, hello. our pal. Thank Hi, you for Mara. having me. Hi. Thanks for coming on the show. This is exciting. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Um, this is a podcast, so you can't, uh, see this, but I actually put a little red sticker on my shirt today. Uh, so I could actually say, you got red on you. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Going deep already. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's that's my reference. It's I I didn't want to lie and do it. I, I was actually searching through my drawer. I was like, do I have anything red? And then I remembered that like one of my notes in my phone is like, do your red laundry today. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> do you didn't separate out, out on time. the entirety of like red gets yeah. its own? Okay. I am I, I am like an incredibly messy person, but I'm very uh, specific about certain things. Mm, like yeah. I'm so I, I'll just leave like my crap everywhere. And forget like that. And, and, and like, I don't want to be messy, but it's just too much of a hassle. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I, I try to be clean the, about some things, but I end up being very clean about like very specific things. And one of those is that I have to separate my clothes into different colors. And so mm-hmm. I actually recently got this and I got like four or five different bins. And so I have the reds, pinks and purples, the blues and greens, the blacks and the white. Wow. That's it. That's, I like that. I usually just go, well, whites, darks, lights. That's my combo. Lights, lights, mediums, darks, basically. But yeah, for, for me, I'm like, for me, I'm like, I'm like, no. Oh, and then I also have to have an area where I can do the hand wash and dry clean. Yeah. Like that's, that's something that, that I'm very specific about. And, uh, and, and having that system has actually brought a lot of peace to my life because before it was just different piles on my floor. So yeah. there was like, there was like pink clothes mountain and blue clothes mountain and white clothes mountain and dark clothes mountain. And like, by yeah. the way, that sounds delightful. Just a uh, rainbow, a rainbow mountain range in your sure. living room. It wasn't like, as delightful as it, as it sounded, especially yeah. not where like sometimes I'd put them in a bag and then one of my cats would come and pee in the bag. Sure. So, oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah it was, it was not delightful. It was not as delightful. It's as raining it on Pink Mountain today. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> raining on Pink Mountain is a great country album. I don't know. If really. <laughs> Loretta Lynn. It's Dolly. Like, oh, it's <laughs> Loretta. It was Loretta Dolly guests on it. You, oh, you were remembering okay. that she's on it. It's raining on yeah. Pink Mountain. That's, you yeah. did that for Show Choir, right? I did. We did. Yeah. I, no I, I can still remember it. the box step and the, and the jazz hands. Yeah. Oh. Sure. You yeah. were all wearing bowlers and vests with, yeah, with oh, pink see, we, we had like a cool and yeah. sexy show choir. Like, oh. like show choir was like where the popular kids went in my school. Oh, uh, wow. Or at least they went into like one of the, they were in the top choir basically. Yeah. The rest yeah. of us were in, we were in the lower choirs. Uh, I was in the, one of the like developing choirs my freshman mm-hmm. year and they treated us like crap. But if you were in the top choir, then you were a star. Like it was, 
what, you know, the quarterback and the head cheerleader are at every other school. It really? was it was cool. Yeah, because it was Burbank, so it was adjacent mm. to LA. And so sure. it was sort of like like there were there were girls who were in like a girl band that were in like a girl group. Uh and like and, they were in like a selling albums in the real world girl group. I mean and also a high school choir. I mean, they were supposed to be. They they weren't they yeah. weren't that good and they didn't have much representation, <laughs> I don't think. Fair. Like they were they just they, they were they were okay. Like they performed at one of our shows and we were all just kind of like, Yeah, you guys are fine. But but they still like had I think they had some kind of record deal. And yeah, there were kids there who were like on TV and would like sing at different at shows and like charity events and had like song on TV and done all this stuff. So yeah, it was oh, it wow. was it was like a legit it, it was kind of culty actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it, like once you get into that system of like either singing, which I did in high school and theater, like both of those, there's definitely like a cast system that forms. Ours was we didn't have a show choir because so we were too small, but we had a chorus and then the chamber singers were like the really mm. good singers. Yeah. So that was like my goal to try to get in. Like I need to be one of the chamber singers. Oh yeah, what, no, and chamber like, was the chamber was the the top choir at my school too. Mm-hmm. Well, she, it was chamber half the year when they did uh, classical music, right? And then the rest of the, when they went into sh- this is really funny when they went into uh, show choir mode. When they went into show choir mode, they became powerhouse. <laughs> that was the, the name of the. That group was the was name, powerhouse. like gem, like the powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like like gem or yeah. like uh, hold a yeah. mic stand up to the sky and it electrocutes it like He Man, and then <laughs> exactly by the, by the power of amplification. Yeah. Yes, yeah. powerhouse. We that was we all had that. Like ever, there was the treble choir, but it was called decibels. There was the the girls' uh-huh. choir, which was madrigals, but uh-huh. madrigals became sound sensations. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was the and, girls' choir Madra space G A L S? No, it wasn't. But 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 the girls' choir, which I was in my first year, that was mm. like that had more of like the younger kids in it, and they put me in there because I couldn't dance. Uh, they told me they were like, "We like your voice, but you can't dance." And I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, I can't. It's true." Uh, so they put me in that, and it was Dessa Bells, like B E L L E S. I yeah. love that name. I'm, that's yeah. that's a look. No notes. That's a perfect name for yeah, a really uh, all girl high school. Well, it's like choir. acapella groups. Acapella groups all have to have pun names. Yeah, they, yeah. they all sound like uh, pub quiz names. They do. They they yeah. absolutely do. They. I think uh, my college boyfriend was in one called Vocaholics. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. They're all addicted to vocahol. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a barbershop quartet in high school. We were called the Quaker Oaks because I went to a Quaker school. So oh, that's have, actually like, kind pun, of adorable. But that, yeah, that was yeah. what we went with. That's a, that's uh, also a tell me you're from the Philly area without telling me you're from the Philly area kind of <laughs> that's thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, which put the Quaker school a quick all of it. Just really, yes, it's all, all of like, it. Just just all of mm-hmm. it. Just all of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my but, I I have a family member who. Uh, who lives in that area and teaches in that area. And yeah, it's, it's all, that all checks out, yep. you know, at, at a Quaker college like that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, checks wow. out. Ye- oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Do that's... all the Quaker schools have friends in the name? Is that a thing? Not the colleges, not the colleges, but the colleges do have to do everything by consensus. Which like is, of the whole classroom, like the crowd, you're gonna have homework. Well, no, we're not. Not the not the classrooms, but like all the staff meetings, and yeah. and I think like all the student club meetings have to be done oh. by consensus. Yeah, I know staff meetings too. At least if the spirit moves you to talk, you can, which like is great, but also it means that 
meetings and club meetings can go on for hours and hours. Yeah. Oh my God. The spirit this... has been moving Angie to talk every meeting we've <laughs> they ever say, had. They say, they say something like, they say the spirit is a chatty broad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No kidding. Which, which is a bit sexist. Me towards but... the door instead of speaking. Yeah, I gotta exactly. go. I have pizza to get. Yeah. I, I, uh, we had meeting for worship every week. I was there from second grade until 12th grade all the way through. And you would sit there in silence for 40 minutes and people could speak if the spirit moved them. And it was just it like everyone was real quiet except for teachers until you get to 12th grade. And then everybody takes turns standing up and talking mm. about like, I was writing my essay last night and I was thinking about how much I'm going to miss everybody. And these are the special times I'll never forget. And <laughs> don't make fun of that. That's I don't, sweet. That's nice. I did it too. I did it. Too. No, when you hear it the third time, you're like, hold on. Yeah. You can't all like, I know some of you, you, you horse kicked me in the chest when we were 12. I don't want to remember <laughs> you. I talked about you in therapy. I had to role play. Do you know how bad that was for me? <laughs> I, I don't remember I mean, you. I had, I had, yeah, I, I had a weird high school experience because I had my like show choir culty one at public school and then I went to art school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which was a different kind of weird. Yeah, that was that was a different kind of weird. And we had we had all school meetings and anybody could get up and uh, and present at an all school meeting. And usually it was like announcement of of like my senior recital is this Saturday. Everybody please come or the theater department is doing this show and and something like that. But there were people who would just go up and just like say whatever crap they felt like saying and it was mm-hmm. uh it was, yeah, very inappropriate jokes or very stupid things. Or, uh, I think I stood up there once and told people to please not overload their, uh, the washing machines in our dorms because, uh, because <laughs> you are very serious about your so doing a load of reds yeah. and then a yeah. load well, of blue. I, I am. Well, it was because it was because they overloaded it and a button got stuck on the side and it started smoking. Ooh. Uh, so smoke started coming like out. Like it of took, it like it took up me. cigarettes. Yes, it actually, I mean, that was, that was a big problem at our school, actually. All, oh, all art sure. schools, at every art school, everybody smokes too much. I, I never did because I was a goody two shoes and had asthma, but, sure. uh, yeah, I never smoked, but a lot of people did. A lot of people did. But yeah, the, the jeans, it, the smoke started coming from there. And so I stood up and announced to people to be very careful about what they did. So, yeah, yeah, this seems like a pranks. pragmatic thing. Like, I imagine there weren't that many pragmatic people standing up and saying there things in these all school They meetings. told me later that it was probably the head of the school was like, it's probably like the rule was it was supposed to be in the community interest. And if it mm-hmm. wasn't, so he'd always go community interest, guys, community interest. And he said, well, that probably could have been a dorm meeting thing. But dorm meetings, we stopped having dorm meetings because they just became very people, people like uh, people like what is the real life version of like subtweeting? Like passive aggressively being like, being like, also, you guys really need to do this. And also people really need to stop running down the hall because we live below them and it's really loud. And guys, please, you know, wrap up your, your garbage when you do this. And it was always like very specifically like looking at each other very much like, you know, you guys need to be doing this and we should be doing this. And, uh, we stopped having them because they got too mean and uncomfortable. Uh, so I just stood up in all school. Probably my favorite thing in all school to do though is we did a, we did a, we had to talk about grad night and grad night was at Disneyland, but Disneyland is very strict about what you wear and bring to grad night, mm-hmm. uh, which is where you stay up all night at, mm-hmm. uh, at Disneyland. Oh yeah. And so, oh yeah, you know, you know, grad oh, night. I know about like, some I forgot, grad nights. You know about grad night. <laughs> grad night, grad night is actually miserable in my opinion because there was like no food at all. 
except for like the one McDonald's stand open and the line was like an hour and we were very, very hungry. And I'm not a big fan of McDonald's anyway. It's not my favorite fast food. Sure. So, uh, and, and after a while we were just like, by like four, we were like, okay, we're tired. Please let us go home. Yeah. Uh But uh, we did, they, they will tell you, you can't bring lotion. You can't bring chapstick. You can't bring any kind of water. You can't bring in, uh, anything like that. You can't wear red or blue because those are gang colors. No bandanas, no hats. No belts, no clothes that say anything on it. No and belts. It, it was because of like, we well, like no go belts to prison? have things on it. Yeah, it it was I, like, I think you're describing jail. Yeah, it, it like, like we like take jail. the laces out of your shoes. It they put you like in a that. yard. You can play basketball <laughs> or walk around in a circle or lift weights. And that's yeah, or, or ride the Matterhorn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like all those prisons that have like a matter prisons <laughs> yes but we but we uh in order to like get our and our school was small enough that uh all the seniors could go and they could take a friend so i actually went my mm. junior year and then senior year i was like you know what i'm good it wasn't actually that fun last year i'll go to disneyland when i can stay awake uh yeah. but we we <laughs> we did a skit that was us just doing the jet song the opening number in the jet song from west side story because the whole all of the things they were telling us were like like no gang affiliation things, nothing that can be like, perce- you know, perceived as gangs, nothing, you know, no gang related colors, no gang related this or that. So we were like gangs, huh? And what are art school kids going to do? Yeah. We thought of West Side Story. So, uh, yeah. And I was, I was action, of course, cause I was, you know, small and angry. And, uh, and yeah. And, and we did like stage fight and, uh, lip synced. And it was like, where are you going to find Mickey instead of Bernardo? At Disneyland <laughs> instead of the dance at the gym, but Disneyland is neutral territory. Yeah, we had oh. we had somebody come in and like lip sync the fake version of that. It was uh, yeah, that was very fun. Well, thank God you didn't have a school officer that happened to know that musical pulled you all aside at Disneyland and be like, "Listen, we said no gang activity. You think I don't know who <laughs> Officer Krupke is? I know what you're saying behind my back. What, yeah. You think I'm stupid? This is gang activity. Now get out of Disneyland." That was our favorite thing to do. And then at the end of it, we we all just said like what to what to wear at at Disneyland. And that was my favorite all school memory for sure. Oh, I love that. Uh, the kids loved it. The kids loved it. Yeah. So on a completely different topic. Uh, so anyway, speaking of boarding schools, let's go to let's start talking about England. Let's go uh, to England. England has boarding schools yeah, you, very you, different you, than the than the U.S. boarding schools, but yeah. <laughs> this was among the topics you picked. This is a great one. I, I love yes. it because there are only three films to talk about. Yeah. What made you pick it? Tell us what you love about the Cornetto trilogy. Okay, well, I mean, I I I didn't think that you guys would pick this one for me because I think the other ones that I. I had at least one or two other ones I think had to do with musicals. Mm. And I was like, they're going to pick one of the musical ones. They're going to (laughs) pick one of the musical ones. But then I saw this and I was like, Oh, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Uh, so I first saw, so there is a gap actually because I was at boarding school, there is a gap in my, my knowledge from like the two thousands. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there were a lot of movies that I didn't end up seeing around that time. And, and there were some very classic movies. Like I never saw Mean Girls until college. I didn't see a, a lot of the movies that came out at that time. And like, I was only vaguely aware of what, what was happening music wise. Cause, you know, we were on top of a mountain at an art sporting school and I was, you know, reading Ibsen and listening to <laughs> Wicked and Avenue Q. So, uh, I didn't the important really stuff, the important <laughs> stuff. Yes. So I, and, and like angels in America and stuff like that. And so we had a movie theater in town and it had one screen. I remember seeing Shrek two there. <laughs> I don't uh, remember seeing sequel. others. 
and we had film majors. We had film majors yeah. at our school, but they were they were edgy teen ones, and so all they ever wanted to watch was like Eraserhead or Requiem for a Dream. Sure. Uh, so, so impossible to watch twice that movie. Impossible yeah, to watch twice. I mean, I went to art school, so I've seen it. I, I, I again, I, I hung out with some of these people, so I've seen it more than once. Uh, and yeah, I don't know why. Uh, but, but <laughs> there was a lot of, yeah, so there were a lot of things that I missed out on and I didn't really pick up on until I went to college. And then when I was in college, I started dating a film major and an NYU film major is, uh, is an intense thing. And he was probably like the most good natured. <laughs> He, he's, yeah. he remains one of the most good natured film majors I've ever met. Uh, but we would always go to Kim's video, uh, which is a famous place in New York, a famous video store. And he had an account there and I would rent movies on his account. And we would like, that was, that was our date nights. That is what we would do. And like, I remember once actually like early on in our relationship, his mom called while the two of us were like hanging out on a date at my place and she was like, oh, Mara's there with you? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And she, he said, we're watching The Godfather. And she said, oh, honey, horses heads. That's not exactly romantic. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> when you're dating a film major, that is romantic. So, yeah. and I loved it because it's The Godfather and it's perfect. But, uh, but yeah, we had, so, so I can't remember. I can't remember when it was, but we rented Shaun of the Dead. And I think he had already seen it. and. Mm. We both loved it and I ended up getting it on DVD and I remember us also getting hot fuzz and so, and, and watching that with a friend too, and that just being absurd and ridiculous. And all of them were, they were, they were just movies that like, you know, that I discovered at like the right time where, where I was just really a big fan of them. And I was really, they were something that they bring back memories, but also like I've said, like, despite my specificity in sorting laundry, I feel like I mess up a lot on a lot of things. Like I, I can relate sometimes very heavily to like a dirtbag teenager or like a dirtbag immature guy character in something. People be like, God, I hate this character. He's so obnoxious. And I'll be like, yeah, he is. And also I kind of relate to him. Just like people who can't quite get their act together because the world keeps distracting them. People yeah. who, who feel kind of hapless, who are maybe aren't you know, aren't really interested in or just aren't good at like living things like this. And so I feel like the Coronado trilogy, there's always somebody at the heart of it who's who's kind of a screw up. And, you know, and they have sort of a very bizarre hero's journey (laughs) to becoming less of a screw up. I mean, Hot Fuzz takes kind of a different approach to that because Nick Angel is is very straight laced. And it's funny because I was also very much like half like goody two shoes you know, need to please everybody, need to do things by the book, and also a total screw up, which uh, leads to a lot of neuroses in my part. Sure. <laughs> so long winded, <laughs> long, my long winded response is happy memories. You know, the, the yeah. shortened version of that is, yeah, it's it's because it brings back happy memories, and also because I often feel like a screw up, and it's nice to see a screw up learning how to, you know, take care of themselves and also save the world. I love that. That actually leads beautifully into a way that I think, if this sounds good to y'all, that I would love to tackle this. I think this can be broken down because we do have to objectively figure out which of these movies is on the top of Pink Laundry Mountain for this particular (laughs) episode. Before you jump in with a method, Uh I'm just curious, and nobody say what your answer is, but I have one of these three that I think is the best one. I I, I look at it. You have one as well? 
Mark, yes. do you have one? Do you really like, are you, when you look at the three of them, Mark, are you like, I don't know which one I think is the best one or do you have one? Honestly, I don't have one. I don't have one that, uh, cause they're all so different. They're, yeah, I, I mean, mean, they're I, all very, they're three different genres. They're the, three different. Yeah. The, the connector tissue is obviously the creative team. You have, right. you have a lot of recurring cast who come yeah. back over and over again outside of the leads. Mm-hmm. I just want to say what I love about these movies is the same thing that I love about the thrilling adventure hour that I would always tell people about it, which is, that Ben and Ben did a really good job of poking fun at genre while mm-hmm. also upholding and showing like a love for it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, you can make a parody like airplane or police squad where it's just like off the walls. I'm making fun of everything in this, but they craft, they have fun with the zombie genre and the buddy cop genre, and the sci-fi alien invasion genre in really fun ways while also making really good zombie and buddy cop. They're and, good versions of those yeah. things. Yeah, they're yeah. just good movies that also have like a very specific voice to them. And it's what makes them stand out so much. A friend of mine once told me that that is her favorite genre is movies that are technically parodies or like pastiches at least, mm-hmm. but are good examples of that movie themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, and I told her, I was like, I can't really think of very many movies. And like the first ones that came to, I was the first ones came to mind. I was like, Oh, like Shaun of the Dead is a good zombie movie. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, exactly. She, she also said like scream, scream is another example of that. Is another one. Galaxy Blazing Quest. Saddles is a good Galaxy Western. Quest. Yeah. Blazing Galaxy Saddles Quest is, is a, a good Western. Great, yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. Orville, it's a TV show, but it is a fantastic Star Trek show that I'm now watching. I'm in season yeah. two. I remember my dad and I watched Galaxy Quest on an airplane, and at the end we were like, did we just watch an actually good movie on an airplane? This was back before you could choose the movie. <laughs> yes, you. Ha- this is what you're watching. Watching yes. movies on airplanes <laughs> makes me cry. I think it's the no, altitude it and the, the air. Like, more than, I'm like, this movie yeah. is... Why am I crying at Ryan the Last Dragon so vociferously? I've cried at, I've, no, I, but then I've watched some very sad movies on airplanes. Like I, I watched Moonlight on an airplane and oh my God, that was, yeah, that was big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I was just sobbing hysterically by the end of that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you both have teed up beautifully. I think the three different criteria we can look at to determine which of these movies comes out on top. I think there will be something that comes out on top from each of these three categories. The first of them, Mara, you were talking before about the themes of immaturity and growing up and uh, a screw up becoming slightly less of a screw up. Yeah. That is one topic I would love to cover is the themes that run throughout them. Another topic that you mentioned, Hal, is the genres themselves and how each of the movies deals with genre. And the uh, the third one is... Because if we're looking at, if we're trying to eliminate as many variables as possible, the third is the characters. Specifically, I'd like to look at Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's characters yeah. that they play in each one of them and those relationships. But also, of course, we're going to look at some of the other great actors and characters. Bill Nye showing up multiple times and, um, and, you know, all the other people that uh, appear multiple times throughout their movies, even in tiny little roles. But which of those criteria would you like to tackle first? Oh, I don't, what do you think, Hal? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about I, the genres are so different? I'm kind of yeah. interested to have that conversation because mm-hmm. they're all so, like I'm drawn to one genre over the others, although I enjoy them all to different mm-hmm. degrees. So it's almost kind of hard to judge. Like I don't, I've watched some zombie films, but I, yeah. I Shot of the Dead is by far my favorite. Yeah, because it has heart to it. I care about the characters. 
I think the ending is really fun and surprising. Like it finds a way to make it frightening without me wanting to turn it off. Yeah. Which is really <laughs> solid. I think it also does the best mm. version or it, it really, it, I mean, it is a great zombie movie because there are zombie movie tropes that Shaun of the Dead has that mm-hmm. I would argue that there's at least one example of it having the best version of that trope, which is I'm reluctant to kill this person that is important to me because they've just been turned into a zombie, but I know I have to do it. That's, that's going to stop. That's going to come back in hot fuzz also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure. But the stop pointing that gun at my mom is one of the most gut wrenching moments. Like that's a really, it's a, and in a really funny movie, it's hard to watch. Like these, there, it's, it nails the pathos that goes along with a zombie movie, I think, in that regard. Thoughts? Yeah, no, it does. And, and, and there's, there is a, there is a sadness in it. You know, there's a sadness in, 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 inherent in that and, and the idea of loss and the idea of everything changing. I don't know if I've watched it since the pandemic began. And I wonder if it might be a little harder to watch. It's different I after mean, a pando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's still funny. Like I still think of of lines <laughs> from it all the time. Just like I, I watched Hot Fuzz recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched Hot Fuzz during the pandemic, but uh, yeah, there's so many lines in there though that are so funny that I just think about all the time, or or little moments that are that are so funny. Like when they hit somebody with a car. And then they find out it's a zombie and Sean just goes, Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> they drive away. <laughs> the script, these, all of these scripts pop. Yeah. There's so many great jokes and gags and bits in them. Like them trying yeah. to pick which of the records they have to throw these records to kill the zombies and knock yeah. your heads off, but they're not My- going to throw purple rain. They're going to throw yeah. Batman. Yeah, there was uh, the Stone Roses Second Coming. I like it. Yeah. My brother says that that's his, one of his favorite lines in a movie because he also likes that album and he doesn't know very many people yeah. who do. <laughs> I actually like it too. I do too. Do y'all know about this? This is a fun thing I found out about the different Cornetto, the three flavors and how they connect to the genres. Yes. Have you heard this? For those who don't know. I think I have, but remind me. The first movie, it is strawberry Cornetto ice cream because of the bloodbath that is a zombie movie. The second movie, Hot Fuzz, is the regular blue label because to represent the police force, the boys Mm -hmm. in blue. And then uh, the third movie is Mint Chip because of Little Green Men, since it is an alien. Oh, of course. Yeah. You don't really see much Cornetto ice cream in the third movie. Well, you, you see, see a rapper. One, yeah, see the rapper against right against yeah, the rapper at the end that he goes yeah. away. But Which it is, is Mint Chip, that rapper that blows up the end. Yeah. So we've talked a little about the zombie genre. The genre for Hot Fuzz is, I guess, just cop movie. No, or it's is Buddy it, Cop. It's Buddy Cop. It's buddy mismatched cop. partners. Yeah. Because it's all uh, in a Buddy Cop film, by and large, you have one person who's really good at their job and mm-hmm. one person who's really bad at their job or has washed out or is right. unfit to be a police officer for some reason or the other. So you have Sergeant Nicholas Angel. I love how many levels Hot Fuzz has is they're doing point break. They're doing yeah. lethal weapon. They're doing just like a number of different crime films. It's a really good mystery. First of all, the yeah. cast is incredible, including Jim Broadbent. And um, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Oh yeah. my God, so good! In addition, that's this is where Patty Considine joins, and he's great. I love but, Olivia Coleman in this too, who, oh who talks God. exclusively in Double Entendres. Yeah, so good. But she's, but the I I, I lo- like the each each movie has a what if. So mm-hmm. like the first is what if the hero of a zombie apocalypse was 
was just a guy who did, who's done nothing with his life. Like he's just yeah. the worst equipped person to deal with it. This the, part of the what if of this is what if the person who was the super cop was hated by every other cop <laughs> yeah. because he's so obnoxious. Like they can't just relax. They can't do stuff on their own timeline. The scene of him getting transferred where it keeps going up the ladder, Martin Freeman and Bill Knight. Like I just, yeah. it's such a great such a great piece of them transferring him to this village just to get rid of him. And then he winds up in the center of a major crime and has to partner up with Nick Frost's uh, PC, Danny Butterman, who is a oh. terrible police officer that loves cop movies. It's and is that there is because of his dad. One of the most dad fun the games job. I've seen an actor get to play like him. He is the voice of that genre. Like this move, this is the cop movie genre and Nick Frost is reminding us of all of the tropes that we need to love in a cop movie. Right mm-hmm. down to Point Break, just shooting the gun in the air with the screaming <laughs> and the, oh, it's so good. And then when they finally have that bad boys spin around shot <laughs> in the third act where they, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's still, it's a, it's a delightful use of the genre. And also incredibly violent, like sneaky violent. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was something I, I was blown away by that the first time that I saw it. I was like, this is this is the most violent movie I have watched in a while. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it is. It is very violent, but it's it's also comically violent because like I know how we've talked about this before. Like, I'm not good with horror movies. Right. And I'm not particularly good with violence in movies either. Mm-hmm. I get that like that thing where it's like you imagine it happening to you. In a way, like if I see somebody get kicked in the stomach or stabbed in the stomach, I'm like, ah, my stomach. Wait, that's not me. I don't know. I I like over (laughs) I like over empathize with it. So uh, so yeah, so so like slasher movies are not really my forte. Uh, And but the violence in this is it's it's almost comical. I mean, it is comical, but it's also because he's sort of come from this weird, you know, this world like London, which is very much like very strict and very, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a very by the book, you know, by the rules kind of place. Yeah. And fast paced. Very fast paced. And I mean, or at least, it, I mean, London is not, okay. Let me rephrase that. London is not a by the book place, but, mm-hmm. uh, but the, you know, metropolitan police force mm-hmm. is a place where you kind of have to be by the book. Yeah. And I think it's also like, I think the most British friends I know would say that out of the three of these, Hot Fuzz is their favorite because they all know a village like that. Yeah. They yeah. all know. I mean, you you have like not one, but two songs from the Kinks uh, Village Green Preservation <laughs> Society playing in this movie. So it's uh, it, it's very, yeah, it's, it's very much like everybody's like, oh, yeah, I either lived in that village or that's the village that, you know, my, my mom grew up in or that's the village that, you know, my grand lived in or something. It's all... Everybody knows that kind of a village, but I think a lot of people who grew up in small towns know a little bit of that too. Know a little bit of that uh, that kind of life, like American small town, like Americans that grew up in their small. Yeah, like towns. if you grew yeah. up in the if you grew up in the Midwest, you know, everybody has the story about like a swan or a goose needing yeah. to be taken away <laughs> or yeah, a, sure. a seaside New England village. Like yeah. New England's very full of that, but yeah, any small town has yeah. some like runaway animals that nobody can get a hold of yeah that you need to get a hold of 
last time I was home visiting, uh, or last time I was in Greenwood visiting my mom, I got cornered by one of her friends who just had to tell me the story about the big pig scandal in the courtroom. <laughs> when someone brought their pig into the courtroom to make a point, and it was, I love that town. It's delightful <laughs> for reasons like that. Like, yes, of course, Stephen Merchant loses a swan. Yes. Or what is his, what's his name in it? It's like, uh, it's, it's like a Bart Simpson calling most tavern name that he has. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about then our third movie in the trilogy. And that is The World's End, which is our alien invasion movie. You want to talk violence, even though the blood in these movies is blue. Boy, is there a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And they get to have some insane fun with the violence in this one, because once someone is dead, they're not dead for long. I kind of love that, that they keep getting up reattaching their limbs. They're like He-Man figures. Like you just pop the legs off, but that rubber band's going to pull them back together again. And now it's some ladies coming at you with legs for arms. And (laughs) I love the violence in that movie is so fun. But let's talk about the genre of the invasion. Well, I didn't know because, yeah, because I wasn't sure what the I didn't actually know. Like I knew Shaun of the Dead was a zombie movie. Yeah. And I knew, it would be, you know, because of the title. I knew Hot Fuzz was a cop movie because, of, you know, the fuzz. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what the world's end was going to be when I saw it. I didn't yeah. know what yeah. it was going to be. So I was just like, OK, is this like I was like, I know it's going to go in a weird direction any minute now what weird direction is it going to go in it's like from dusk till dawn in that way in that it's, yeah. it's, it's oh, yeah. 40 full minutes before any alien anything happens they're right. on like they're they're already they've already got the plan we've met all the characters they're already on the pub crawl and like halfway through it before we see this alien thing happen for the first time which is also smart because you need to let those relationships happen. Like Gary King is this sad alcoholic yeah. Yeah. trying to recapture something that he never really had. And then his best friend, Andy, feels this tremendous guilt that's caused him to not drink at all. But mm-hmm. he comes along because he's manipulated by Gary, who says his mom is dying. Like, just like once you get to know these characters, they're really good at creating stakes through character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also personal stakes. And this film is certainly no exception. Edgar Wright as a director is so good at playing around with the camera work of the genre. But, and he does it. My favorite version of it is in Hot Fuzz because they have the, that sequence that's in every action film of people loading the guns and putting it in the holster. But this is, he's checking into the hotel and giving his car to getting the key and putting it in the lock. Like just they, he used it like overused it to really good effect. And he, that's happening in all three of these films. He does a great job of taking the least important moments and being like, eh, we might as well. Like, the guy's got to check into a hotel. We can either write a scene about him (laughs) checking into a hotel, or we can do a bit of him checking into a hotel. Yeah. With the guitar. Yeah. 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 Or or drinks being poured, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's talk about the getting back to the genre of the alien invasion. This might, to me, have been just because it comes in so late. The the and you even mentioned like what genre is this? It doesn't feel like the genre is as much a part of this movie. It feels way more about the characters in this movie. Yeah, it feels a little bit more like a reunion movie in a way. Yeah, it feels a Mm -hmm. bit more like that. And interestingly, I think. I mean, and I think that this is kind of, this is something you can see in any like writer or director or, or like group of people who, filmmakers, 
I mean, this is this is kind of a a, a group that works on these films. I would say uh, yeah. you can see this in in sort of the progression, just because we all grow up and we all age. But I mean, like Shaun of the Dead is about kind of that sort of delayed, you know, adolescence continuing on into your late twenties and. And like settling down and trying to get like a job and a relationship and hot fuzz is like, okay, you have a job. Maybe you have a relationship, but maybe the job isn't going the way that you want. The relationship isn't going the way that you want. You know, you're, you're moving, you're, you're changing. And then, uh, the world's end is sort of like looking back on your life after you've gotten to these points once you've gotten somewhere and sort of trying to figure it out. So it does feel sort of like a, a progression. And I mean, it's maybe because. And I mean, I don't think 10 years passed between these movies being made, but no, it was uh, 03, so, 07, and 04. 13. 04, I'm sorry, 04, 07, and 13. Yeah. But that is sort of a, you know, one feels more like your 20s, one feels more mm-hmm. like, you know, your early 30s, the other one, another one feels like your late 30s, you know, or your 40s. Like, that's kind of the way that that they feel, the, the, the structured, I think. But yeah, it doesn't feel... It it does feel, but I mean, I guess you could also say like like Shaun of the Dead. I I tell people is my favorite romantic comedy. <laughs> uh, Zomrom, because it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And Hot Fuzz is a mystery as well as a you know buddy cop movie. And I guess yeah. I mean, I admittedly I haven't seen as many buddy cop movies, but not all of them are mysteries. Sometimes it's very yeah. straightforward who they're. <laughs> there is we are, we have seen from the very beginning. This coke yes. dealer in Miami, and he, yeah. we, that's who we have to get. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. watching them put together what you already know, and you you're hoping that they get it done in time because it's a ticking clock, yeah. as yeah. opposed to a well crafted mystery where you're kept, you know, which Knives Out is, where you're yeah. playing along trying to solve the mystery. Uh, yeah. Along with well, I mean, uh, Ryan Johnson is another person who he film another filmmaker who loves film, mm-hmm. and yeah. unlike most filmmakers, isn't just like. <laughs> you know, just like, just has like the couple, like he, he just loves film. He loves all kinds of film, which is why, like, you know, his newest movie is probably going to be a lot like, you know, The Last of Sheila or, or, mm. you know, and Agatha oh. Christie and all of these things. And, I love yeah. that you mentioned The Last of Sheila. That is my yeah. favorite Agatha Christie adaptation. <laughs> and it was one of the, it's one of the only mystery movies I ever saw where yeah. at the end of it, when the the big reveal happens, where I actually went, I was sitting with my buddies watching it, and I actually went, oh my God, I watched that happen, and I can't believe I didn't clock it. You know what I Wait, mean? Was, like, the, was the last of Sheila uh, an Agatha Christie? Yeah, it's 10 Little Indians, but on a boat with oh. uh, James Corbin, and I mean, that cast is crazy. James Mason, uh, Co- yeah. Coburn, not uh, uh, James Coburn, James Mason, uh, you know who wrote that, right? Yeah, Stephen Sondheim. Amazing. Amazing. Stephen Sondheim wrote a, actually, musical, or a non-musical movie. Always actually, comes back to musicals, right? And actually, I know Edgar Wright has said like that The Last of Sheila is one of his favorite movies as well. It's so fun. It's if you so, haven't seen it, yeah. anybody out there. It's so perfectly crafted. So mm. perfectly crafted. Yeah. Well, which one of these has a perfectly crafted genre? Who handles genre the best of these three? Someone's got to come out on top in this category. Mm-hmm. I think it's I hot would fuzz. argue hot fuzz. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I think it's hot fuzz. I think it nails three different subgenres of cop movie mm-hmm. all at once. And it weaves in the idea of Danny Butterman, like Danny calling stuff out mm-hmm. and then it happening. Sometimes it allows us to move away from the expectation. Sometimes it's setting up something that's going to happen later that pay, like sometimes it's a setup to a payoff. Sometimes it's yeah. to move us in a different direction, but it's, it's a really good guide to what's happening 
And the fact that I remember those camera moves so well, and, and Shaun of the Dead is a lot of like good jump scare, like sort of weird jump scare moments yeah. in it that are great. But I think Hot Fuzz just, it's like straight down the barrel of so many different things I'm and kind of, doesn't drop a plate. I'm kind of torn between Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead for this because I, I think that it's interesting because, I, I mean, I don't know if zombie movies really exist in the Shaun of the Dead or they do. Like somebody says, mentions zombies and, and somebody's like, I don't call them that, but that's like the only reference that you get. (laughs) Whereas in hot fuzz, they definitely do exist. And so they're acknowledging those tropes and they're acknowledging that, that the the characters are acknowledging the tropes as well. Whereas in Shaun of the Dead, they aren't. So that I think is interesting. And, and so for a while I was going to say, for a second there, I was going to say it's definitely Shaun of the Dead because, but I, but then I don't really think that knowing about these things and being aware of them is takes away from it also being a genre because I mean, I like think it Scream, helps. Yeah. Well, Scream is another example yeah. of that, even though Scream's not like my favorite movie, but, uh, mm. but it's, it's, you know, that is, that is something that is being meta and is acknowledging it and is, and is doing that. And, yeah. but yeah, I do think that it can help. And I actually, I feel like meta humor to me is like, it's like salt or like, um, <laughs> Or, or not even, or not salt. I'm trying to think of something where like, like, uh, no, because it's truffle oil. small dose, truffle oil. Okay. Truffle oil oh, is a good go. one. Yeah. Yes. Truffle oil is a good one. I think, I think like if you put a little bit of truffle oil on popcorn, you know, that's great. And it like brings out the nice, you know, it, it blends with the popcorn, but I don't want to drink a cup of truffle oil. No. You yep. will shrink indefinitely forever into the metaverse. Yes. <laughs> that's, right. yes. that's how you do it. Yes. So, so I think that it needs to be used sparingly. I think that meta jokes need to be used sparingly. And I know, and I don't know if it's just because I, I, you know, saw a lot of comedy groups in my twenties mm-hmm. and in my, my college years and twenties that, and, and also just like the humor at the time was very self-referential adult swim, you know, right. that kind of thing. Uh, uh, when it wasn't just weird, it was all just meta jokes. And I just got so tired of that. And mm. I was just like, this doesn't make me feel smarter, you know, that I got the joke. It just makes me feel annoyed. But I think that you can have, you know, you can have a pastiche. You can have this thing where you have awareness of the genre, you know, sort of literally and figuratively. And within it, you know, have the characters acknowledge themselves. And it is really funny that, you know, Nicholas Angel has to learn <laughs> by watching, you know, Bad Boys 2 and watching yeah. mm-hmm. all of these, you know, all of these movies. You bring up a good point is I think a lot of meta, the thing, a, a thing that I can find annoying about meta is the ironic detachment of it. And mm-hmm. I think there's no detachment in the meta of Hot Fuzz. In fact, right. it's because the characters no. care. I think the genre itself propels the decisions that the characters make. Yeah. And it moves the plot forward. You know, I mean, Nick Frost in that movie, the genre is what leads that character down every path he goes down. And they ultimately win in the end because of it. Yeah. I took a friend to a premiere once. I'm going somewhere with this. And (laughs) they were so excited because they'd never been to one before. And it wasn't a premiere for like a movie I'd worked on in any way. It was as an adult, I got invited to it. And they'd never been to a premiere and they were asking me so many questions. They were like, you know, have you ever been to like, oh, are, are premieres usually held here? Do I have to dress up? How do I have to dress up? Have you ever been to this kind of premiere? Do they serve food at premieres? Is it like this? And eventually they just like stopped and they were like, I sound just like Nick Frost and Hot Fuzz right now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and, and started doing like yeah, save the day, save yeah, the day, like save Nick the Frost day. and Hot Fuzz. Yes, yes, well, exactly. Also, yeah. Do you ever fire two guns whilst jumping through the air? <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we comfortable saying that the Hot Fuzz wins the genre battle? I yes. think it might. I think it I might. Think so. Well, let's take a quick break. We've got two more categories to talk about. But in the meantime, please let us tell you about some of the other great shows on the Maximum Fun Network. And we will be right back. Hello, dreamers. This is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, Steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Mur- murder them? I'm gonna wreck it. They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera, or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime. Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase. The Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy, but the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. And we're back. What do you guys want to jump into next? The themes or the characters? Let's see. Uh, I guess characters, right? Yeah. Great. I mean, I think that we, we we have sort of talked about themes. Yeah, the themes have kind we've kind of been they, going yeah. through that. We'll finish up on the themes at the end. We'll wrap it all up with that, and that'll be our yeah. dessert. Yeah. But let's talk about these characters because they are very different. You look at Simon Pegg in the first one. He's stoner assistant manager who has to save the world. Yeah. The second one, he's stuck, you know, stick in the mud cop who has to save the town. And then the third one, he's, oh, I think, playing the most against type in the third one. Oh, and yeah. Definitely doing the most interesting work in the third one as the guy that can't grow up. They're all Nick the guys. Nick Frost is an interesting character in that one. I think that's Nick Frost that's, is. Yeah, Nick Frost is. Oh, uh, yeah, as Andy. Yeah. yeah. So and, and we've got going from Shaun of the Dead, you've got Stoner best friend Nick Frost, you've got cop aficionado Nick Frost, and then yeah, you've got Andy, the recovered alcoholic best friend who really loves the guy, but is like secret he's got a million things going on. It's a fun yeah. his I think his Nick Frost's arc is the most fun in World's End. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. But who do you who do you who are you guys drawn to? Huh, let's see. I, I, I think I relate to Sean in some ways because I also feel like kind of hapless and out of control of my life <laughs> a lot of the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I said, I've also related to Nick Angel in a way in that I can be very sort of rigid in my thinking and very much like this is the right way to do something. And when people don't automatically know the right way to do something as I see it, I can be very annoyed. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so personally, I relate to to those. And also, but yeah, but also the world's end. I mean, I stopped drinking because of a health condition a couple years ago. 
And it is weird and does take a lot of strength to go into a bar and just get water. I will say that that is the thing that I actually think about a lot from that movie is, you know, and people will be like, well, you know, people will be offering you drinks. People will be, you know, and I mean, it's not, I think it's less of an issue if if you're a woman. It's not as much like a masculinity thing, you know, but people will sometimes be like this. And I'll be like, well, look, if I, if I have alcohol, you know, I will faint and I will end up in the hospital and I don't want that to happen. (laughs) But you also don't want to, you don't owe anybody your explanations, you know, you also don't owe anybody that, but, but it also, it also leads to like guilt and confusion and so many things. So I think that all of these characters are very relatable in a way. I think that that is something. I mean, I was going to say that I think Shaun of the Dead has the best ensemble, but then I, I thought about it again and I remembered Olivia Coleman, love of my life showing up in Hot Fuzz. And I was like, okay, I don't know about that. And also the world's end has a good ensemble from the very beginning too. So it's funny. They yeah. all have the, the ensemble. They kind of use the same people within the ensemble. Yeah. Multiple times. But Hot Fuzz has Hot Fuzz is an all-star cast. Like they brought some, it's like all of England's heavy hitters. It's like a Harry Potter movie with just every major British, you know, killer actor is. Are we going to confess at some point which one is our favorite or are we keeping that inside? Um, <laughs> we can say, we can say it at the end if you want. We can say, you can say it okay. right now if you want. Okay. Well, because I know, cause I, yeah, cause I know which one is my favorite and, right. and I don't know if it's everybody's favorite, but I mean, yeah, I guess we can wait till the end. Right on. And talk about it at that. How do, how do you feel about that now? Yeah. I, f- I mean, I like, I, part of me. <laughs> cause I'm like, do I argue for my favorite or do I argue for what I think is, you yeah, know? Yeah. I feel like we're, we're spending time in the categories, which I know you like Mark to, as a way to settle the score. But I, well, I'm just a, trying to there put is, some kind of structure to right. There is Mark a part is, of me that wants. Oh, to, now I see to, who is the Nick Angel of this podcast. Yeah, there's yeah. a part who's, of me who's that the wants to. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the the, the Nick play by play and how yeah. is the color man? Which yes. is why I, which is why I love I love Danny Butterman. So I love all the characters in all these films. There's a bit of us in all of them. There's a mm-hmm. bit of us trying to recapture something like a former yeah. glory or or complete something like oh if I'd only done this thing when right. I was younger everything would have been different but i'm gonna pin everything back to that and obsess on it like we mm. all have some part of that it, and it's some... also funny how that is you know it was just a pub crawl and that means so right. much to you and i mean i started this but then like you you think about the things that meant a lot to you at one point in your life and i mean god knows we talked about show choir and acapella groups and yeah. and like community theater like those kinds of things i look back on that and i'm like that was my life for how long but that it was, was important when it was, it was when that's what you were doing. It was very important. Yeah, yeah, it was it was the most important thing. Yeah. And to Gary King, this pub crawl is still the most important thing, even yeah. though it's 20 years later for everybody. It's his one unfinished of, business. I will say one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when this group of people who are all like in their 30s and 40s are walking in slow motion <laughs> <laughs> to Swade so young. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because we're young and, and none of them are young anymore. Yeah. But they're, but they're great. keeping, they're holding their own. They hold they their are. own. All they night. are. They make yeah, it. Yeah. But that song is about, you know, being 19. It's not about yeah. being, you know, it's a bunch 35. of Buscemi's with a skateboard <laughs> over their shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of them are, none of them are old, but they're not, you know, the hot young things that sway. Yeah. 
They're not the kids um, that they were. They're far enough away from it. But yes. talking about these guys and getting back to the characters and the ensemble specifically, one thing I think that The World's End suffered from, for me, and I'm curious if you guys had the same reaction to it, you mentioned the Shaun of the Dead ensemble being, they're all so distinct and different that there's even a scene in it when they meet their zombie survival team <laughs> doppelgangers that they all yeah. cross paths like they're such defined characters in that i feel like world's end the first half of the movie it's just gary king and then the straight-laced representation of grown-ups who is played by four different guys you know what i mean well, like they're I all basically playing the same guy until later on, they all get their individual moments. I would argue that that's kind of what uh, that hot fuzz is a little bit like that at first too. That With the, the village, the ensemble, yeah, the the village and the ensemble, I feel like kind of comes together more towards the middle and to the mm -hmm. end as they're as they're doing it. But I, so I don't think that that's like a problem. Whereas I feel like most of the main characters in Shaun of the Dead are there from the very first scene. The ensemble is there from yeah. the very first scene. It is it is revealed to be an, an ensemble piece. I think. Yeah, I think the ensemble is better in Shaun of the Dead, but I think yeah. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's characters are more interesting in Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, what do you think, Hal? I agree with you. I think Hot Fuzz because you add in Olivia Coleman. And yeah. Jim yeah. Broadbent. You've got that and crazy. Timothy Dalton. And is, Timothy is, Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that is a killer. You almost don't subtract anything. You know, Peter Serafinowicz, he takes a break. He's only in, he's only in the two bookends, but mm -hmm. you do have this murderer's row. You have Bill Bailey as well, but you have multiple Oscar winners. Yeah. In that cast. Yeah. And they're great. Yeah. And that's why I was saying, like, I know you have your categories, but I was also, I also had the same thing. We'll, as like, we'll I know, what, I know the one that's my we'll favorite. We'll get there. We'll get there. But no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, we have saying, one more, we have one more category to get to. And I'm ready to argue for it. I know we'll do your categories. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't condescend to me. So wait, in front who of won our this guests? category? Who won this? Who won Hot Fuzz? Hot Fuzz Hot has Fuzz. already won the okay. episode if we're I just doing it by I, this. But yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah. But that we, I mean, we've covered a lot of the themes already. The themes pervasive throughout obviously are growing up maturing and the obstacles to maturity whether internal or external would yeah. you guys agree yeah and yeah, who, I would. who handles also, that the best well it's also relationships yeah and not just romantic relationships although actually i mean uh hot fuzz doesn't really have a romantic relationship no unless you count the affair the and the romeo and, and and no like the romeo and juliet you know right. uh that's there, but there isn't, there isn't really a love story in it unless you count the, the, the bromance, but, but the, so many of them are about relationships with friends, not necessarily yeah. romantic relationships, which is another thing that I like because I, I like when we acknowledge, you know, friendships, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and friendships being as interesting as, as romantic relationships and friend breakups and, and moving on from friends and how difficult that can be. I think yeah. that that is something, yeah, that is something that we don't talk about and you don't see a lot in movies. So that is something that I appreciate about, about, about all of them, really. Yeah. I think World's I, End tackles that particularly well. They do. The, yes. the falling apart from friends and the, the coming back into contact with friends. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think it probably handles them, handles it the best, I would say. But I, I think that plot wise, I think that Shaun of the Dead has the biggest arc for Shaun. I would say because mm -hmm. he he has to grow up 
it's kind of, I mean, it's not quite a hero's journey, but it is a journey and it is him, you know, and that's the thing also, is that something chaotic, something scary, something traumatizing, these things, these things do make you grow up in a way. And what you need is a community to help and support you. And it's, people have like people, people tend to, I think, fare better. I, I don't know. I'm not like a psychologist or psychiatrist. This is just what I feel like. People tend to fare better with like really heavy, hard, traumatic things when they've got a support system around them, when they've got people sure. around them. And, and that's kind of what they have there and, and what he, mm-hmm. he has and what he finds and what he builds, even though people are being picked off around him. He, he's finding, you know, the strength in, in himself and the strength in, the community around him, I think. So I think that that has the clearest arc. Whereas the other two, I feel like I love them, but they do feel like they go from being one kind of movie to another kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like, I feel like Shaun of the Dead has the clearest arc out of the three mm-hmm. of them. I think um, so. but at, in terms of like, in terms of, I don't know, in terms of character development <laughs> and change, I don't know if that's quite. I don't know. It might be, it might be a little bit different. It might be, it might be one yeah. of the other ones too. Yeah. It makes sense. It's interesting. I'm wondering if you guys would agree with this. I think that Sean of the dead, Sean's got to muster his bravery to move forward in the world. Yeah. Uh, and so he's got to be brave enough to embrace the future. I think in world's end, Gary King has to be brave enough to say goodbye to the past. Which are two different things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he does that by the end. He does that. You know, he's Simon Pegg's great actor and he is brilliant in all, all three of these movies. I don't think there's much of a, the, the, I think hot fuzz is just fun. You know what I mean? I think there's less, yeah, there's less less of of the, the arc of maturity in hot fuzz. In some ways there is because it's, it's about learning how to let go. In, wow. in some ways, it's about learning how to let go a little bit and not to be perfect and to learn from your friends. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, it is kind of also a movie about about like there is also the sort of the genre of going from like a a a big it's it's, it's sort of almost like the like the stereotypical like Hallmark or Lifetime movies where it's like you know big city <laughs> woman goes to a yeah. tiny village and falls in love with it. And, yep. and there's a little bit of that as well. It's, it's, if instead of a, a romance, it, it was a bromance, you know, a friendship movie, then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then, then you do have that. I think that there is, <laughs> there is that kind of arc in it as well. But yeah, but I think that you are correct that, that both, uh, that the bookends have a much, you know, stronger arc. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that, that, uh, you mentioned too, uh, that the only one of these that has a love story is Shaun of the Dead, a real, like, you know, meaty love story is Shaun of the mm-hmm. Dead. And that I think is a huge, that's a huge part of storytelling is having that love story, the like a an actual, you know, like relationship romantic love story as well. And that's the only one of them. But that said, you know, the love story of World's End is Andy and Gary. It's their love. It's, yeah, the, I mean, it's the friendship love story you're talking about. There isn't there Gary's old girlfriend in there. There is. There like is the, the girl that he slept with. Will always have the disabled's the disabled yes. restroom. <laughs> yes, right. Like, oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Horrifying. Oh no, that's terrible. But yeah, it becomes a relate. The the like love story is between his buddy when he comes out and he's like, oh, oh this is well, you could argue you could argue that that is Shaun of the Dead too. I mean, the way that it ends is literally. 
you know, with Queen playing, you know. Yeah. Oh, that Queen. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Theme-wise, are there any that stand out? Like, not that, we're, not that we have to necessarily pick one. These are just topics I wanted to make sure that we covered. I thought you were keeping of. score of these. No, 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 no. It's not like a scoring <laughs> thing. I just wanted to talk about them. No, no let's fake, get into Hal. this. No fake. Yeah. We did no the homework. Fake. We we, yeah. ate, we ate the salad in the main course. Let's have dessert. Yeah. My my brother made a gif a couple of years ago of Nicholas Angel being offered cake. Uh-huh. And uh, with the cake, you know, being being shaken by his head. And he just looks <laughs> to the side and says, no, thanks. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's we're we're eating the cake. Yeah. Yeah. And the ice cream. That, that's right. That, uh, yeah. All right. So well, that he brought. do you want to reveal now, Mara, what your choice was coming in? Yes, I have. I mean, I'm even like I said, I'm representing it on my shirt. It's Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. Yeah. The Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. Uh, it's not everybody's favorite, but it's mine. I just think it's it's so solid. And I, I, I mean, I love all of them, but it's just so solid and so perfectly crafted, I think. And there are a lot of bad romantic comedies out there, but I think that it's uh, I think that it's a good one. And I think that. It's just so funny. There are so many funny lines in it. And I also appreciate, I think that it's just, there just like isn't a moment spared. Everything is, is done so efficiently. And so everything, everything just, I don't know. It just coalesces into this perfect thing, I think. Yeah. And every line is a reference to something else. It's just incredibly tight and dead on. Uh, and also I'm a big wuss. So I appreciate a horror movie being made funny. Yeah. And the, it's like the horror movie is happening in the theater next to you. Yes. You know what I mean, it's like you're watching a romantic comedy, but sc- you're on screen seven. Screen eight is playing well, a zombie movie. And, and that's also a thing because I always feel like I'm kind of distracted by the wrong thing. I'm always mm-hmm. paying attention to the wrong thing. And right. that is another way in which this movie, I'm like, I, I'm, I mean, I'm more of a catastrophizer than Sean is. So I don't think that I would let a zombie apocalypse. I I would be reading the news, you know, obsessing over that right away. But I do feel like a lot of times big things happen and I'm just like, oh crap, where was I? What, what, what what just, something just happened and I just totally missed it. Uh, Ah, crap. So yeah, I can relate to that personally. I like that. He's very every man. That thought of like, what would I do in this situation? For sure. Because he finds himself in the situation. He doesn't put himself in the situation the way they do in World's End. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or they're not, he just is, he, it happens, the world happens to him. He's Buster Keaton. Yeah. I had an argument with my college boyfriend about whether or not I would fare well in a zombie apocalypse. He was like, you're so anxious. How'd you think you'd do? I, now I think I, I I disagree, but at the time I was like, no, I would be out there. I, I would, I would be in the trenches. I would be, I would be fighting. I would be. And my boyfriend was like, I don't know. You're like such an anxious person. And I was like, how dare you? I'm good in a crisis. And he was like, well, yeah, but, uh, but you know, he's, he was like, well, I would be, I would be hiding too. And I was like, yes, but, but you know, this is a very just war that, that we're fighting here. And yeah, I would be out there with a, with a crowbar. I would get sure. one of those like padded bras from Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. put that over my head because sure. they're really, really hard. There's like layers of foam there. You, it's very, <laughs> very hard to, into to do that. Yeah, you, you can't, can't bite, bite into through. that. Put a helmet sure. over that. Yeah. Get a crowbar or a basket or, or, or you know, or a baseball bat. And you can, you can tell how great I am with sports. Cause I almost said basketball bat. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, <laughs> and I would be, and I would be out there in the trenches. Now, of course, having lived through a pandemic, I'm like, oh, maybe not, but I was Stay so home. insulted that he said that because, but I feel like Shaun of the Dead gave me some hope in some ways. Like, yeah, 
yeah, I could do that. Yeah, anybody can do If this anybody guy can do this. Sure. Yeah. You know what? I would pick you to be on my zombie survival team because that level yeah. of precision and attention to detail means that you would probably be the one that thought to put a first aid kit in her backpack. No. That's true. I mean, I practically have one in my backpack already. So yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Hal? Do you have a favorite? Well, I agree with Mara. One of the greatest feats that Shaun of the Dead pulled off was making me watch a zombie film and enjoy it and go, this is, yeah. this is a great zombie movie. That is a very impressive feat. Mm-hmm. I think it's even more impressive to take a movie that everybody's seen 8 million times that is wide, has a wider appeal. I don't think zombies have the same appeal. There's a reason why it practically doubled the global box office of the other two movies. So to take a film that everybody has seen done a billion times and somehow using all of the same beats, make it feel fresh and new and create like bizarre characters that also have a humanity to them. Like it's in some ways feels like the most oddball in terms of like this would never happen, but they craft the reality in such a well-balanced way that you go, there is nothing in this film that wouldn't happen in this world. So I just think Hot Fuzz is a perfect movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about Shaun of the Dead. No, to achieve that after we've all seen, we've been through four lethal weapons. We've been through Die Hard with a Vengeance. We've been through Point Mm -hmm. Break twice. My brother was no. in a cop buddy movie, sort of. Really? He he was in Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch is <laughs> a cop buddy movie. It's absolutely. And canine. Even that's been done multiple times. Yeah. The dog as a partner has been done multiple times. Yeah. So to go into really well-worn, widely globally popular territory and be able to plant a flag like that is so impressive. And it is the movie of these three that I have watched the most. Yeah. I've come back to it and I really like, I loved Shaun of the Dead. I was blown away by it. I was blown away by Hot Fuzz. I really liked The World's End, but it didn't hit me the same way. And I it just, Hot Fuzz is the one I've come back to over and over again. And I, and it's just, I, I, the mystery of it being as well crafted as it is, is what pushes it over the edge for me that they actually managed to make a well crafted mystery. Yeah. I will say that every time I watch Hot Fuzz, I'm well, probably every time I watched any of these movies, something about them surprises me. But I do feel like mm-hmm. every time I watch Hot Fuzz, I'm like, because it was so violent that I, for a while, I was like, I don't know if I can watch that again soon. Yeah, <laughs> right. But then I just felt like I'd, I'd learned, you know, so much. I had learned or, or not learned so much, but like, I just, I just noticed so many more things uh, every time I watch it. Yeah. I mean, it even turns into heat at one point when they have the shootout in the village square. It's basically like turning into heat. Like, so there are a million reasons why that film should be an absolute failure and Mm -hmm. they pull it off in. It's just, I'm so impressed by it. And that's because I was expecting it to be like, Oh, this will be pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I really like Shaun of the Dead and I've seen a ton of cop movies. So there's nothing that's going to surprise me. You know, I won't be surprised in that same way. Okay. I'm recording a podcast, but it's okay. We're (laughs) we're allowed to talk. Do you have a favorite of the Cornetto trilogy? What's that? You know, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. (laughs) Uh, Because that's what we're talking about on the podcast. Why am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It's that Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. And I have a feeling everybody else is going to say Hot Fuzz. Yeah, well, that means you're wrong. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, My sister just came home and she, she says, she says it's Hot Fuzz. She's she like, says hot fuzz. Is interesting. Her <laughs> it's it's the best and and it's her favorite. That's what she says. And she yeah. says that I'm wrong. What? Well, <laughs> because I, I she's going to say that's what siblings say. Sure. We, whichever one you picked, yeah. she was going to pick a different one. 
just to, <laughs> just to wrap up my thread and tie a knot yes. on it. Yes. I, I didn't expect it was going to be able to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And it did a ton of times. And that's I just, it, I'm blown away by it. That's why I think it is the best one. It is also my favorite one. So I am a, for sure biased. I Here's my, my only curiosity is going back to what we were talking about with the themes. It feels, it's really, really fun. But I don't know that I care about the characters in Hot Fuzz as much as of the lead characters as I do the characters in Shaun of the Dead and The World's End. That's because, a good point. You, you know what I mean? Like Nick Angel is always Nick Angel. Yes, he or uh, he he has his sort of like, oh, this guy's not so bad after all. But there's that there's an element. I, I don't know. I guess I think the other ones dive more into if you if there's looking some, at the whole thing yeah. as a trilogy, mm. it feels a bit like an outlier. Aside from the, the, you know, the thematically, it feels like an outlier. There are some I, heartbreaking moments in the other two. I don't think there are any yeah. like heartbreaking moments in Hot well, Fuzz. It's it's fun and it's action. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. It's been out for 15 years, so maybe that's impossible <laughs> to do. But the relationship between Danny and his father is I, that is, is an true. important yeah. relationship. Him and his what father, they do is they is spend a... all this time creating these quirky characters, and then when the big turn happens. Like you sort of figure out who's on whose side and maybe why, like he's a fish out of water. You don't mm-hmm. really have a fish out of water. The fish is in their water. Just the water gets changed in the other two films. This is mm-hmm. Nicholas Angel going from the high octane world of London law enforcement to a small village. Right. Where it seems like nothing's happening. And yet, like, I get it. There is a detachment to it, but I think it's very much on purpose. And I think there is a, a strong emotional core to it i think it's more the relationship between danny and his father than danny and and nicholas although that's a really important relationship too that's true actually the first time i watched it i remember being like like oh no not his dad so yeah i guess you're right that there are that that is a very emotional moment and he's lost you know he's a widower and that's driving him so there is like you know there is a deep loss in that film that we just don't get to see that's been yeah. dealt with in a hundred percent the wrong way and has created this bizarre murder cult. Well, it's all about the greater good. It's all, yeah, the greater yeah. good, the greater good. So I think I saw that written on a wall in Pasadena once <laughs> or, or just, or just something. No, I saw something that said like the greater good. And I like there was graffiti or something or, yeah. or maybe even like a signpost. There was something that said the greater good. And I was like, uh oh. Yeah. And you got to yeah. get out of the quaint village of Pasadena. quickly. <laughs> Man, Pasadena be can be at times. Well, multiple cults have been started in Pasadena. So sure. there's a lot of room. Sign me up. Oh, Where are my yeah. keys? Plenty oh, yeah. of sprawl there. There's a lot of space to really <laughs> get your ranch going. A lot of, a lot of going. sprawl and a lot of get your weird... ranch going. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's the next, the next spawn ranch is going to be in Pasadena. You heard it here first. There really have been. There really have mm-hmm. been. So it wouldn't surprise me. And there is a whole, there is like sort of a Nancy Reagan-esque quality to like the South Pasadena wealth and like the houses that are perfectly manicured and all mm. of that stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was a hot fuzz like cult happening in Pasadena. Something insidious under the In surface. addition to like Jack Parsons, you know, sex occult ones. Yes. <laughs> so what are we thinking? We're looking I don't at know, Mark, you want to break the do you want to break the tie? As much as I love Sean, it's very I can't extract myself right now from yeah. Hot Fuzz because I like I, not only do I love it, but probably similar tomorrow, I'm like, oh well, the things that I love about it 
are what make it the best film. Like I'm locked yeah. into mm. locked into what it is. I don't expect Mara to change her mind. She probably doesn't expect me to change mine. So yeah. that means, Mark, you have to step in the middle and make the decision. Well, then if it's you my can't decision, cut the movies in half, if I'm going to cut, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut each of these movies in half and like the arms and legs getting reattached in the third movie that's no longer going to get mentioned. I'm going to run at you with my hot fuzz body and my Shaun of the Dead weird leg arms waving. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think for uh, a couple of reasons, I will give I'll give a couple of reasons and then the one that I think is the ultimate winner. Sure. One, the themes. I like the through line themes that Shaun of the Dead deals with. Mm-hmm. I love the ensemble and the use of tropes. I think that I've I, I mentioned it on the show before. I think Hot Fuzz is doing an elevated version of a lot of the details of the genre work that Shaun of the Dead did. But I think as far as the heart goes, I think Shaun of the Dead has more heart to it in the main characters. And also, because I will, as we often do on the show, defer to our illustrious guest as well. And (laughs) tie goes to the guest. (laughs) So I will have to say Shaun of the Dead. Well, people of the world. Do yourself a favor if you haven't seen these three films. See these yeah. three films. See them in the order they were released. Start with. I Shaun do of think the Dead. most people I know. Oh, sorry. I was going to say I do think most people I know would say Hot Fuzz. I think yes, that that that's yeah. Right. I, I think that. <laughs> listen, listen. I mean, my sister did. My sister listen, just walked in and said that it was her favorite. Make, but, make, uh, make make no mistake. This was a gross miscarriage of justice. <laughs> but I'm willing to abide by what we do here. So watch them all. <laughs> watch them in the order they were released. They're all fantastic films. You can't yes. go wrong. You're going to have your own favorite. But it, yeah. if if your favorite is not Shaun of the Dead, you just don't like the best Cornetto trilogy film, and you and I can start a support group together. How's that? <laughs> Asked and answered. <laughs> and they're all great. They really are. Like you know, you're they are. They're, they're they're all they're all great like, movies. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're all so close to each other. If any one of them would have been a fine choice, I do think we got it down to the right two. And and Cornettos are very coin. good, by the way. Cornetto. I don't think I've ever had an actual Cornetto. Yeah, I've had one. I've had them in the UK. I I think. I mean, I was a child in the UK, and I remember eating a lot of ice cream there. So I'm pretty sure sure that I've had that. (laughs) They're great. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. But I guess the original, the secret was uh, was because Edgar Wright discovered it was a good hangover cure when (laughs) when he was in college or university. So yeah. Sure. It's uh, so that's that's also another joke of that is that. and yeah, and it comes up in Shaun of the Dead. You know, I'm going to the shops. Do you want anything? He's obviously hungover. He wants Cornetto. Mm-hmm. Yes. Brilliant. Anyway, I'm going to stop interrupting and let Hal. No, we're done. That's face. it. We did it. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and the show. Answer. Yeah. Asked and answered. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Where Thank do you, you want you. people to find you? What are you? What are you? What are you working on now? What's going on in your world? What's the, what's the deets? Oh. Well, you can, let's see, I have a newsletter at uh, mara.substack.com. It's called Chant We Tell the Vicar because uh, I, I try to come up with a, a name for a fake British TV show at the end of every entry. And actually, Fantastic. funnily enough, that came out of a tweet that I did like five years ago and Nick Frost retweeted it. Brilliant. There you go. Look at that. Universe so, strong. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So thank you, Nick Frost, yeah. for making that happen. Well, your Twitter game is strong. You're one of my favorite. It is. Voices. I'm not yes. on there as much anymore because it's so yeah. exhausting. But, uh, but yeah, but when I was there, I was, uh, I'm looking back on it now the same way that, you know, Gary King would look back on his pub call, I I suppose. Uh, and, uh, yeah. You don't have to pop the head of Twitter you off at the end of this episode. 
I mean, I might have to. Uh, I mean, if I change my avatar, that's kind of like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm also at Mara Wilson on Twitter, at Mara Wilson on Instagram. And one thing I've been doing a lot of these days is audiobooks. Love doing it. Love reading. Love talking. There's more to it than that, but you know. And so, yeah, you can find any of those on Libro.fm, on Audible, wherever you get your audiobooks. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank yes. you for settling this topic with us once and for all. We thank you it. for being the voice of reason to Hal. <laughs> oh, bite me, Mark. <laughs> this topic is closed, but there are many more to discuss. You can run it under a cold tap. Exactly. Right. Run that bite under a cold tap. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or... Email us at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook group. Talk about what you love in the Coronetto film trilogy. That's facebook.com slash group slash wegotthispodcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. You can check out all the wonderful things he's doing at patreon.com slash, you guessed it, Ken Plume. Leave out the you guessed it. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, who are all on our zombie survival team. We can get through this if we just stick together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.